0: the Rise Up Sea red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your
1: hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Progress.
0: Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Series Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Root, from CardsWire.com, the USA Today NFL wire site, covering the Arizona Cardinals. And with, it's still not with Seth Cox as I am working through my opponent preview shows. The Cardinals have 14 opponents in 2023 for their 17 games. Uh, I'm putting together 14 uh, short shows where we talk to either one of the managing editors or contributor to our sister site, NFL Wire Sites, that covering the teams that the Cardinals face. This show, it's going unnamed because I not don't know what order they're going to be released in, but th- this show is, is featuring uh, the Washington Commanders, whom the Cardinals face on the road in their season opener, and my guest is Brian Manning, who runs Commander's Wire over there, our sister site, a, a site that's had Two name changes <laughs> since <laughs> since I started. I, I've been on the on the wire since 2016 when it started. Redskins Wire, then Washington Football Wire, and now Commanders Wire, and, and so they we just keep changing the URL for everyone. So how how you been, man?
1: I'm good, Jess. Thanks for having me on.
0: And, and you know some of these some of these uh, shows have been with Excite- guys who I've
1: excited to about. talk about.
0: Yeah, and, and I've talked to a few guys. I've been doing this for years. Bryant is one of the relatively newer additions to the wire. How long have you been on? It's been in the last yearish. Uh,
1: um, actually, started in twenty twenty. Oh, in oh. 20- okay. yeah. Okay, so that's just proof that Cardinals and Washington and Cardinals in Washington don't play very often. <laughs> the The last time I remember the Cardinals and Washington play was, I mean, I, I, there may be a game. Just lost game yeah. since, but the the Adrian Peterson game, ah yes. it, it was. So, oh um, gosh, it was in Arizona. It was early in the season. Yeah, yeah. And I believe Jay Gruden was still the coach. Jeez. So 2018, 2019. That's the last game I remember. There may be one since, but neither team has been very good, so nope. they're kind of forgettable.
0: Well, and and, and in fairness, because we haven't seen the the NFC West, the NFC East in a minute. Um. It means that we you, we've either been better or worse than one another. <laughs> <laughs> so well, this year we're playing the entire division. Uh, I just wrapped up my last place because the Cardinals obviously were in last place this last season. Uh, so we got to play the last place games. Got to play the Bears. Got to play the Falcons. Got to play the Texans. But let let's talk Washington. Who is you know there is there's been turmoil. In terms, in terms of organizational turmoil, uh, things within the organization, bad behavior—that's been going on for years. But it looks like things are finally coming around. But I don't want to focus on that. I don't. I. I want to talk the football stuff. I don't like the nonsense stuff. So, what happened last season? It was. It was a classic Ron Rivera year, where his team hangs around five hundred. When he was in the end of South, that one you're eight, eight and one. Um, How would you characterize last season? Was it meeting expectations, falling short of expectations, wildly better than what was hoped? That NFC East is always interesting because everyone seems to be at least moderately competent at some level.
1: Last season started out um, very disappointing, but when they traded for Carson Wentz last March, I knew... I kind of went into the season expecting to be bad. Um, then Taylor Heineke came in, and Washington fans, its um, I'm sure you go through this, um, Washington has a very toxic fan base. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, it's always um, a lot of losing will do that to you over the years. But and, uh, um, and what it is, a lot of
0: losing after a legacy of winning. And I think that's kind of what the problem is. The Cardinals don't have nearly have – Cardinals fans are kind of toxic, but we're just – we didn't – I mean, we just don't have the winning history.
1: Yeah, Washington has that. It's just so far long ago that, yeah. like, um, you know, a lot of these newer fans don't even know of them as winners. But last season, when Heineke came in, he got you excited. You knew his lim- limitations, but half the fan base loved him, half the fan base hated him. <laughs> the fan base couldn't just enjoy the winning; they had to complain how they won. It was never about, hey, you know, this is some fun stuff. Oh, he can't keep it up. No, he can't keep it up up but the defense is a really good unit there's talent at the skill positions and and he had just this moxie about him instead of everybody just enjoying it everybody complained everybody hates ron rivera uh, and and i think the thing with ron rivera he's a very he, he's an average coach great leader average coach and you know what you're going to get he's jeff fisher <laughs> i mean really yes, he is he is the D- jeff fisher of, of <laughs> this decade for sure uh, absolutely and 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 the fans hate him, and the guy's been dealt a bad hand. I mean, he took over a horrible situation with the, the Snyder, Bruce Allen, all that junk, and all the his culture, sexual harassment, name changes. The guy's been dealt a bad hand, but the problem is he is over the football operations, so a lot of the bad trades, those free agent signings and all that has been his fault. But the positive is they've drafted well, and, and they've gotten some really good talent on both sides. Of the ball, but I would say last year finished eight, eight, and one. What sticks in the minds of Washington fans is that there's two Giants games. Washington, I mean, this is not coming from a perspective of, oh, you, you, you cover Washington, so you're going to say Washington's better. Washington was the much more talented team than New York last year. New York's caught up this year, son, but last year, Washington had a better overall talent, you know, on the roster, tied them once and lost the second game. In the second game, Brian Robinson Jr. running the ball all over the Giants. The offensive coordinator calls 12 runs to Brian Robinson, and he falls in love with just throwing the ball. It, it was just – that's why he got <laughs> fired, one of the reasons. And they, they win that game. They're 9-7 and – they're 9-7 and 1. They're in the playoffs. So, you know, and then they go in, and then Wentz comes back in the lineup against the Browns, and 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 he's Carson Wentz. So it's, those two horrible interceptions on the first two possessions, horrible. So – it's just the typical life of a Washington fan. It's, it's how I would call it the December-January stretch, and then you had that fun beatdown of the Cowboys in Week 18, but you know it just kind of didn't matter at that point. But right,
0: yeah, but it did get you the 500, and it is satisfying to beat the Cowboys. And like we, st- like fans like me, still remember our NFC East days. Um, so any win over the Cowboys is a good win. So yeah. <laughs> the, the the Neil Lomax days and <laughs> the. Yeah, yeah. Now that was the very, very beginning. I, I actually, I remember the name Neil Lomax, but even, even as old as I am, the card, like Neil Lomax predates me. My my first experience was actually after his injury with Harry Hoagaboom and then Joe Bugle taking over as head coach when he was the hot. We love, we love, we love Joe oh, Bugle. Oh, yes. I mean, he, he's, he's yeah. still adored in Washington. Yeah. And he was yeah. he was garbage of a head coach. He was uh, actually he actually was. He, no, that's not true. They got nearly there. They were on the pre- precipice of like playoffs, and then they fired him for Buddy Ryan, and that was a disaster. So, yeah. Uh, any bright spots then for for the for Washington last night? He almost did it again for the Commanders. Of, bright spots, and what were the biggest dis- – obviously Carson Wentz's performance was disappointing, but I suppose you were waiting for that. But What were the yeah. highlights and lowlights in terms of what, what was the performance
1: last season? The highlights I would call Terry McLaurin, um, star, and I don't care what anybody's metrics say. He's a top-ten receiver, and I think that's the end of the debate. Other, other bright spots were um, three of the defensive linemen um, – Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, two of the top ten defensive tackles. I don't care what other sites say either. They're, they're I mean, you got to watch. I mean, they're amazing. And Allen's actually the better player, and Payne is is a Pro Bowler too. And they're just amazing. And then Montez Sweat came on last year. Um, I'm expecting a big year from him. He had a good year. Just he doesn't put up like 12 four sacks, but he puts up eight nine sacks. He's really good against the run. He just misses some sacks, and that's what's taking him from you know getting getting to the next level. And then there's Safety, Cameron Curl, uh, Kendall Fuller, cornerback, some good players. Um, Offensively, the offensive line uh, last year, disappointing-wise, was horrible. I I would argue that it was the worst offensive line of football last year, and I'm not sure how much better. that They've got new starters. I'm not sure how much better they're going to be this year. Um, And then, obviously, uh, Chase Young was disappointing last year, but not really his fault last year. I mean, he missed 13 games, uh, came back late, and I thought he looked explosive. Um, but the whole chase young era has been a disappointment thus far. The, the whole season before his injury, the 2021 season before he got hurt in week 10, it was just a, just one and a half sacks and Washington fans felt like they were fed a lie as far as his generational talent and actually, uh, you know, just still waiting on that one. And as far as, the um, the, the Ron Rivera era, we talked about that he I think fans are waiting to turn the page on that one, but I think some fans are a little hard on Rivera. But he, they could upgrade the head coach position. I'll say that much
0: <laughs> for certain. For certain, he gives you a certain steadiness. But like his resume includes five hundred and sub five hundred teams, they won divisions, which which it ultimately is the goal: win division, get to the postseason. But when you're in a, in a vision like the the NFC East, where you have much greater competition from top to bottom than in the NFC South. Uh, when you've got the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Giants, and, and the Giants, like they came, they, I, they overperformed last year. It's going to be interesting Coaching. to see it. Yeah, the, Dable, it, but I, I, think he got as much as he could out of that group. So I think, Absolutely. I think that team, the Giants, is one who could look a little bit less good. Um, in twenty twenty three, I agree. Um, I, I agree. But yeah, coming up next on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, Mr. Cardinals talking about Let's move to the off season, free agency, in the draft. We'll talk that next on Rise Up Sea Red. We're back on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, Mr. Cardinals talking the ball, talking to Brian Manning of Commanders Wire, talking about the Washington Commanders. The Cardinals play them in Week One on the road. Um, let's talk about free agency. Um, what was who was their... Who were their impact losses? I know they lost Cole Holcomb, a pretty solid linebacker in the, in the middle of that defense. Were there any
1: other impact losses? Taylor Heineke left in he, the offseason. They wanted, they wanted him back because he, he would have been a great great mentor for Sam Howell. They had a good relationship, and Heineke can win. But the Falcons viewed him more favorably. We're going to pay him a lot more than we Washington, so Washington pivoted to Brissett, who they paid more for, but Brissett is a better quarterback. And honestly, defensively, Holcomb was a good, was a solid player. He missed the second half of last year, and they, I guess, the money the Pittsburgh paid him was too rich for the blood. They like Holcomb. Holcomb's a solid player. Was I don't think he's ever going to get better. I think he is who he is. And. And honestly, it, the free the free agency really, in my opinion, didn't really didn't really hurt Washington too bad. And as far as their their additions, they added two starters on the offensive line, Andrew Wiley and Nick Gates, um, who I think are upgrades. How much of an upgrade remains to be seen because there are, there's still still some issues. The Charles Leno is at best an average left tackle. Yeah. Um, I think he gets a little bit of a bad rap, too, but he is, he's, you he's can not, improve upon he's that. He's not bad. You could no, be he's better, not bad.
0: But, he, but he's, he's definitely yeah. passable. Yeah. Where, where I, will we, Wiley line up? He's going to be the right tackle next year.
1: He'll be the right tackle. And Sam Cosby, a former second-round pick, is going to kick into right guard, who I think he's 6'6", 320 pounds, very athletic. He has a chance to be a really good guard. He struggled with on the edge against, you know, the twitchy pass rushers. He's a good athlete himself, but. He could really be good at guarding And the offense, Eric Enemy Bien- is going to run, I think, suits him. They're going to get out in space more, and, and he could be really good. He's just got to stay healthy, miss a lot of time with, with different injuries.
0: What do you think of the addition of Enemy as as the offensive coordinator there?
1: I think for Washington, you know, a lot of people say, well, want to argue about why he isn't a head coach and all that. I don't know that. Um, but for Washington, I think it was a slam dunk hire. I don't know that they could have gotten anybody any better. And I think – he has a chip on his shoulder. The, the There's a lot of Washington players who play with a chip on their shoulder. I think it's a great match. And a good year by Vianney, he's putting himself in a position to be the team's next head coach. I think that's a a very good possibility. But, you know, obviously you need, need to see a lot. The key for him is the development of Sam Howell. If he can develop Sam Howell, he, he's very well could be the next head coach.
0: Do you think that ultimately in week one, It'll be Howell or Brissett, who's the starter. I know Brissett, I think he signed with, with Washington
1: with the belief that he could win that job. Week one, I'm gonna, ro- I'm still going to roll with Sam Howell. I know in the offseason, they, they watched him win in the offseason, wanting Sam Howell to win the job. But they weren't going to hand it to him. And, and throughout the offseason, Howell looked good. And Brissett started kind of slow, but... That was to be expected. He was learning new offense, new teammates. But when OTAs, toward the end of OTAs, Brissett was on, was on, was money. And Howell had some good and bad days. But when you're a second year pro with one start, you're going to expect good and bad days. So yeah, heading into training camp, Howell maintains the QB1, as Rivera calls it. So he heads into training camp with the edge, but he has to outplay Brissett. So Howell needs a strong camp to win the job because you know Brissett's going to deliver. So, I'm gonna go with Sam Howell for Week One. I still, I still think that's the way they want to go, and if you want to go that way, you're gonna make every, you're gonna do everything possible to make it work.
0: In the draft, um, round one, you you pick up a cornerback, a guy that that many people think is underrated, uh, Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. Does he project to be a starter as a rookie?
1: Yeah, Washington has two good starters. Washington's problem was they had nothing behind them. And Benjamin St. Juice, he really broke out last year in his second year, but he got hurt again. He's in, fin- finished the first two years on injury reserve. So the commanders knew going into the offseason they needed to add another starting-level corner. Forbes projects solely on the outside. I know he works some inside and OTAs, but he projects outside. Kendall Fuller, who used to play outside, used to play inside, is an outside guy now, so St. Jude's at 6'3", is going to play some of the slot. So you'll see all three of them on the field together a lot, but Forbes will play, and he, I think he's going to play a lot of snaps. And that leads me to the second-round pick, Quan Martin, who's a defensive back as well, and I call him a, just a defensive back because he played deep safety, he played in the box, he played slot, outside corner. He figures into the mix in the slot too. So I think both rookies are going to play a lot um, in, in 2023
0: of the other guys on that list, Ricky Stromberg center out of Arkansas, offensive line in Braden Daniels, Utah guy that that was very like that, that some draft nicks really liked with his athleticism. Uh KJ Henry, pass rusher out of Clemson, Chris Rodriguez running back Kentucky, Andre Jones, a pass rusher out of Louisiana. Any of those any of those guys figure into to significant roles or even complementary roles this year and and or are they mostly projects for the future?
1: I think st- Stromberg is a future starter. Um, This year, they're going to go with Gates because they signed Gates. I think when you have a veteran, when you have a young quarterback, you want a veteran center. And so, I think Washington's going to is going to commit to Gates as a center. But Stromberg, I I wouldn't rule him out to play this year. Um, He's a he's an intriguing guy, a multi year starter in the SEC, really good player. And uh, Daniels, I think, is more of a project. But I think he is a he'll figure into the in the two deep this year. The rest of the guys, Chris Rodriguez is a guy to watch. They had a third round grade on him. Um, Scott McLuhan said he was a so he had a second round grade on him. The former Washington GM, um, uh, he's a banger, but he's an underrated receiver. they have two good backs ahead of him. But the enemy really likes him, and he's the he's the guy calling the shots on offense. So you can watch out for Chris Rodriguez and KJ Henry. I don't figure into the. They're excited about him, and I. I thought it was a great selection, in the fifth round. But this year, you got Chase Young, Montez Sweat, James Smith, Williams, Efe Obata, and Casey Tuhill all ahead of him. So unless there's a hit by a ton of injuries, I don't think he's going to make a big impact this year. But he's a. He's definitely was picked for the future. Coming up next on the Rise Up Sea red podcast, best our Cardinals
0: talk on the web. Let's move on and talk about the 2023 season. The Cardinals open up the season against them on the road. What is expected out of this Washington team? That's coming up next on Rise Up Sea red We're back on the Rise Up C-Red podcast, best our Cardinals talk on the web. Looking ahead to this season, Washington projections, you probably look at them and, and see, you know, you're probably not of the caliber of the Eagles. Probably not at the the expectations of the Cowboys, and then you see the the Giants who were who were solid last season. What what is the reasonable expectation for Washington entering this season, where it looks like they like right now they're projected to be a last place team?
1: I think uh, so much depends on on Sam Howell. um If you're just looking at this from a uh, and you don't, and you haven't seen the team much, and you just look at it and say, "Well, they're going with a guy who is a fifth round pick who's got one start. They're going to lose fourteen games." I, I, I think Sam Howe's a really talented guy, and I, I watched him three years in college, uh, and and I really liked him. And I, I was surprised that he fell in the draft. And a lot of his issues was was mechanics, footwork, things like that. Something he's worked really hard on. Big time arm, good athlete. They they don't need Sam Howell to be Patrick Mahomes and and he's not going to be obviously but he don't need him to be him and to be in the office. What they need him to do is be better than Carson Wentz, be better than Taylor Heineke, <laughs> be better than Alex late career Alex Smith, be better than than Haskins, be better than, than a lot of the guys who've been under center for them in the last four or five years. And that's not a high bar. No, so no, if he can if he can play average to above average, which I, with their weapons around him, I truly I, I really think he can. And I think this team. I think they're a play. I think they can be a playoff team, a wild card, obviously, because they're they will be nowhere close. To, even though they beat the Eagles last year, they're not gonna they're not gonna overtake them for the division. They're not they're not that good, and and they're probably not as good as Dallas. Although they can beat Dallas, um, I, I see them in the Giants anywhere in that seven to nine win range. Um, and but like I said, if it's if it's up to if Sam Howell is is, it, is what they they think he can be, and what I think he can be is. They could win 9 or 10 games. I, I wouldn't predict that. I still think it's more of a 7-8 a win team. Just a typical Ron Rivera team. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's hard to bet against a 7 or 8 win team when it's Ron Rivera.
0: Um, if it, Assuming, so let's take injury out of the question, but what do you think their floor is if things don't go as planned? If if Howell ends up getting benched for, for Brissette, they, things don't go as well. What do you think their floor is?
1: If the, their floor, and this may surprise some, some um, when we said that they think it can win eight, I I think their their floor obviously could be three wins. You never know, but the drop off with Howler Brissett isn't going to be like dropping off from. Um, Patrick Mahomes to Chad Henney. I mean, it's like Brissett's a winner in this league. He's won a lot of games. He's played a lot of games. So he can keep – if the defense continues what it did last year and they get moderate productivity from the offense, and Brissett is proven to be as effective, if not better, than anybody Washington started last year, they can win six, seven games with Brissett. So – I don't think they're gonna be a three win team no matter what happens with the quarterback position. The quarterback position is gonna determine where they go, but I think the floor is a is a five six win team probably. The ceiling's a nine ten win team. So you're just there's a lot to play with a lot of a lot of things happening yeah. there, but the defense is good enough to, to win games for this team.
0: And as you look at so you look at that week one, but I don't want to make predictions, but the perception of the Cardinals entering this season—obviously, they're projected to be one of the worst teams in the league. But what is the feeling of that opener? Is that Cardinals game um, like definite win, expected win, or a hopeful win? I, I'm not going to say. I'm not going. I'm not going to ask the question for anybody. Uh, m- maybe a loss. <laughs> no, no one's going to project a loss against the Cardinals. It could happen. But but what what is kind of the view of that season opening game?
1: well when you when you followed Washington for a long time, you'll know that don't ever think anybody is an expected win because uh you will get you will will get um um I'm not going to say surprise because it wouldn't be a surprise, but in all honesty, I think washington the, the biggest thing I expect at the game I expect a packed out FedEx field because Daniel is no longer the owner. there's going to be a lot of energy in the stadium and the, and the players will feel that energy. I think it could be a good game for Washington to open week 1 and I honestly think that's why they scheduled that game for, for Washington in week 1 I think I don't think they wanted they wanted a team who doesn't have a big traveling fan base like the Cowboys the Eagles to take over FedEx Field they wanted a team with not so much of a national following so they could encourage Washington fans to pack out FedEx Field with with a new owner that was that's the goal, I think. So that, I think that hopes are high for Week One for, for Washington.
0: Well, and and on top of that, while Kyler Murray said yesterday, he's he, on a video that they're going to put out today. He's targeting Week One. He's not going to be. He's he's getting Cardinals fans excited because he's like the goal is obviously Week One. There's no way he's going to be there. So it's going to be Colt McCoy. It's going to be Colt McCoy against against Washington there on the road and against a very juiced up FedEx Field for sure. Um, and that's one of those things, like in, in betting terms, I always, especially a home opener, I give extra juice to a, to a home team. Even as if they're an underdog home team, I give them extra juice because, you know, all that off season, the buildup, it's their first game at home. Even if it's week one or week two, um, that energy in the stadium brings something extra for the players on the field, even for a bad team. So I expect Washington to, especially in that game, in, against this team, They've got that great defensive front. Um, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding for the Cardinals in that first game. I I for me it's a it's an expected loss in that game, but it's it's more of a well, actually I'd say it's more of a likely loss than expected loss. There there are several games on the Cardinals schedule I consider no chance games, and Washington is not a no chance game. It's but with Colt McCoy probably <laughs> even though, like yeah, uh, you guys love colt mccoy over there was very solid but you guys yeah. know what colt mccoy is he's limited like keep and things on schedule he he's capable he, he's as capable as some of the quarterbacks y'all have had but yes.
1: don't don't get off schedule because he can't bring you back he's better than a lot of quarterbacks we had <laughs> at darren washington and and jay gruden loved him and and I think if Jay Gruden would have had his way back in 2015, it would not have been Robert Griffin. It would have not have been Kirk Cousins. It would have been Colt McCoy. But that's crazy. He had to pick anybody. Basically, for Gruden at the time, it was anybody but RG3. So, And he liked Cousins. So he said, if I, I can't have Colt, I want Cousins because I don't want RG3. So that that's kind of how Cousins became a, the greatest contract guy ever. <laughs> so, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To, to, to think
1: the, the the great Kirk Cousins affair
0: began in Washington. Pretty good quarterback with a pretty good career, but you're like, is he good? You look at his numbers like he must be good, but then you watch him playing and you're yeah. like, is he good?
1: You know, Washington, <laughs> Washington fans, you, I talk about that toxic fan base. A lot of it began when it was the Kirk Cousins RG3 stuff because – you had half the fan base loved Kirk, half the fan base loved. Archie oh, you saw
0: you saw that first season with Griffin. It was yeah. special. And yeah. then the injury, but then it was if he was never the
1: same and they didn't believe yeah. him in the, the same way. And then he was went off and got the coaches fired. And and you know, as Cousins, whether someone admit it or not Cousins is the best quarterback Washington's had in a long time. Does that mean he's great? No, but um he <laughs> is he is the best quarterback Washington's had in a long time and I and as much as some don't want to it, Admit that it, it is true. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Brian, for coming on for the
0: show. That wraps this edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. Not, so you can find Brian's work at Commander's Wire. Is there anywhere else that fans can find your work and social media type things? If you're looking, uh, if by chance one of the listeners of Cardinals fans is looking for Commanders content, how can they
1: how can they find you? Uh, you, you you follow just a, look look for Commander's Wire on Twitter. And you can follow me on Twitter at Brian, B-R-Y-A-N-D Manning. And that's about it. You you,
0: you moved over to threads yet? At least attempted?
1: No, I haven't. <laughs> have, have you?
0: I, I opened an account, but it looks like Twitter's starting to work better. The first few days when, when you're Like, my son was on Twitter for 10 minutes and then got, got rate limited. He's like, what the heck? So, I opened an account. I've not posted anything yet. But, honestly... That's one too many for me. It, it's same unless unless you can automate it. No, I can't do it. Like it's there. So if Twitter dies, I'm already there. But Twitter's still my favorite. It it
1: always. Yeah, has I, 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 I I'm a fan of Twitter too. I know <laughs> a lot of people. It's it's a lot of. Like, like we said, toxicity with everything on Twitter, whether it's politics, anything, and just used to, to be fo- a way to get just just yeah, football. That's
0: all I yeah. do. I fall, fo- I follow that's it for too. news
1: and sports. That's and that's, a few
0: and a few nonsense because I have a few friends that I met on Twitter, just a few yeah. funny stuff. But basically, it's 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 football.
1: It's it's and for me, it was more of an escape than it was to go on there and have to hear people telling me who they voted for, who they hate. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> let's just enjoy some football and and make each other laugh and you know.
0: All right, man. Brian, thank you so much for your time. That's it for this edition of the show. We should be back. In, unless this is the last show that that I release of the series, then you can expect another show tomorrow with another one of the NFC East shows coming. And with that, thanks, Brian, for being on. I'm Jess Root. That's Brian Manning. Thanks for listening, as always. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals Talk on the web. Rise up, Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, rise up, sea red.